welcome to 10 Very Big Books, a Malazan read-through podcast. My name is Peter Bond. I've read every book in the main series. However, my co-hosts are reading the series for the first time. With me today is my friend and closest confidant, India Jones. Hello. Our producer, AJ Thaleri. Hello. And the sharpest tool in the shed after Troll Sengar's spear, it's Joshua Baker. That's right, I'm a box cutter. Use me for what you will and then snap me, Dad. <laughs> AJ yeah. asked for uh, more energy and I, that's what you fucking get. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciated that. Josh, did you get a haircut? I did get a haircut, thank you. I'm also Beautiful. shaving my beard off to leave the mustache today. Pretty hype. Yes. Yeah. You should just shave the whole beard, you know? I look like a, it's not good. I think. I've become like anti-beard. This is my new thing. You've been anti-beard forever because you can't grow one. Okay. But anyway, what I was going to say is, you know, this was the first time. Oh, uh, so Vanessa sent in that uh, name nickname for Josh. And this is the first time Josh read the nickname. And I told him to come up with the best zinger. And, you know, you know, it was, you know, it was okay. You know, it was okay, Josh. You know? I'll do better next time. Nowhere to go but up. I just feel like I, I feel like it's better if he's on his toes, you know, if it's hot and fresh and. You know? All right. No, I don't know. I didn't, like, I didn't have anything, man. You said hot and fresh, and my mind went to soup. And I was like, that's <laughs> nothing. Uh, <laughs> well, anyway, so this week on the show, we um, kept our uh, Midnight Tides read through a movie, and we read chapter six, seven, eight. <laughs> Sorry. Imagine if this week on the show, we read something else because we didn't feel like reading Midnight Tides. We did Tides not want to read that book. Hey, I had a really great time reading this book, and I'm really having a blast. So I think, I think um, it's me as well. Good. For me too. Same. I'm really, uh, really vibing, and I'm excited to talk more about these chapters. Someone want to read this first chapter summary? Not I. <laughs> said the fly. Yeah, I'll read it. Sure. Yes. It's the one. Yes. It's 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 the chapter with my boy Breeze in it. So letting oh. letting him on the show is the best thing we ever did. He's always. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. Chapter 6 In the harbor of Lether, the ships return from the north. An ominous omen carrying shadow wraiths. The new palace has several passages filled with water, and Breeze Bedict is inspecting them. An engineer says that the rat catcher Ormley was lost inside, then he suddenly reappears. They speak briefly, and Breeze leaves his mind on the eater. The palace is discussing the ships that had floated down from the north, and he speaks with the eunuch Nifidus. The eunuch talks about the sea and his beliefs in an elder god of the sea called Male. He asks Breeze to awaken the elder god, and Sedakura Khan tells Breeze that they can use the dolmen tile for this task. And after some preparation, Breeze is submerged. Bug and Tahul discuss their plans about the moneylender Turbul. Bug leaves and Tahul speaks with Shirk about an impending festival. The festival is dedicated to the god, the Errant, and it may be a good chance for her to infiltrate Garen Ebrick's residence. Together, they then set out to make Shirk more alive. Breeze is underwater, and he sees six dolmens marked with mysterious glyphs. Something has been loosed from a dolmen that is unmarked. What has abandoned this place? An armored figure comes out and questions Breeze. This area holds forgotten gods, a sanctuary created by male for gods without names. Breeze fights and defeats the guardian. The 
Guardian admits that he is a failure, that Mael has not been here for thousands of years, and that one of the gods has been made a slave. The Guardian tells Breeze the name of the Forgotten Gods. Breeze awakes then, and the Seda thinks if he can find the name of the enslaved god, they can free it. Bug goes and helps with the embalming of a Neric woman. There he meets Un, who's massive. Then Bug returns home and finds Shand. They talk briefly of Ublalapang, and then Bug says he plans to get a contract for the Imperial Palace. Selish meets with Tahal and Shirk and explains how she may use an organism called an Utulu to awaken her and allow her to feel again. Shirk and Selish then go to meet up with Tahal to flirt and seduce. Breeze is recuperating, and he speaks with the eunuch, then the Seda, then the king Asgara Diskinar. Altogether, they speak about Garen Ebricht and the Prince Quillis, and worry about the future. I just want to go on the record. Bryce, Breeze, we really didn't settle on any pronunciations. The first episode came out, everyone offered their opinions, and I don't feel like we've settled it any further. I'm committing to Bryce. Yeah, I don't think we've settled on the pronunciation of any other word, so I don't know why we would settle on the pronunciation of this one. I feel good about Bryce. I don't feel good about Udanis. That's the one I feel worse about. Udinas. Yeah, that's because that's super Udinas. wrong. Udinas. Like that. Uh, we, all, we all agree that Udanis is wrong. Yeah, <laughs> Udanis can't be it because it's an I, and the I is never made on in its life. The thing is, I'm just, I think I'm going to die on in this Paninian hill over here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. So, Josh, at the start of this chapter, Bryce goes down into the, you know, into some of the unfinished parts of the Eternal Domicile, and he meets with Ratcatcher Ormley, and uh, this is when really first he gets this idea that he's going to go and have this task to, after he talks to the eunuch, about this elder sea god male. Um, and then, of course, later in the chapter, we have this whole thing, and we'll talk about it. But what did you make of... Uh, where are you at with the eternal domicile and the court as a setting, you know, because here we're really examining the building and there's a little bit more about it. But I just wonder where you're at with this whole establishment and this little scene with Ratcatcher Ormley. Um, I think I've got it pretty well down. I, I really enjoy for, I, I think I've said before, <laughs> I love this Letheri society and how just silly it comes across a lot of the time i love that the the king is like well i'm gonna become a god may as well have a pretty dope house uh and yeah. but, uh, but apparently has not thought through much other than the design i love it i love it also the the rat catcher just floating down the river as <laughs> like covered in armor made of rats is something that will haunt me till i die but i did love every second of it as i was reading it Love the rat catcher. Love the catching of rats. Yeah, know. he's he's incredible. Uh, and I really like that Bryce really brings this dry humor to everything he does. It's it's very it, it worked very well as a counterpoint to Ormley just being like, yep, got some rats. Y'all didn't think you'd get me, did you? <laughs> <laughs> that's how that's how his voice sounded in my mind. I kind of love seeing the Eternal Domicile not really finished and kind of having the palace be kind of eternally under construction but not oh, yeah. really having a destination or going anywhere i think is obviously reflecting on lether society and the ideals they hold 
And no. there's there's examples of like things like that in history, right? Of like emperors or kings like building, trying to build a great thing, and it just being so impractical it never finishes. I feel like there's a couple examples of that throughout history. No, that's never happened. Never. Okay. Yeah. Never. What about the Sagrada Familia? I was I was joking. I was. <laughs> I didn't have a name of anything prepared. I, I do. F- Wait, what is fucking, the Sagrada fucking Familia? Fucking India's here with the names. All I could do was make a joke. India's here with the facts. It's that that really big church in um, Spain. It's always under construction. It's really oh, shit. Uh, there's there's one. You know what? That made me think. There's one in. But he uh, was some, a, like an artsy person. Maybe in India, there, there's some other huge thing like that. Uh, that's yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. That's pretty, yeah, I hadn't thought about okay, that. Okay, well, the point stands. And now, what I was gonna, I was gonna bring up next is so later, Bryce has this whole vision that he follows males, uh, this this male quest onto, and we'll get to that. Um, but in first, then Bug and Tehol kind of have this uh, another meeting. And they're planning together about when it would be good for Shirk to infiltrate uh, Garen Eberich's house. And they're planning together. Um, I think I've heard least about you and, and Tehol. Where are you at with him and his schemes and bug? And where are you at with the, this Bedic brother? Okay. Um, okay. So I don't know if it's just me. However, I do think that they're very fun and funny. I get all that. Humor. Yes. What what is going on? Couldn't tell you. I think it's just me. It's fine. But I do think that um, I, I, I kind of get that they want to, you know, I know the overall theme, but everything else, like everything that they're doing, making that old, that dead woman alive, all that shit. Oh, I love that. Don't know why. Couldn't tell you. I enjoy them. I hope that whatever they plan to do gets done. The whole overthrow whatever. I'm not sure. Get rich or die trying. That's all I got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think there's an element there that is purposeful. I mean, they're definitely kind of uh But I don't know what's purposeful the... and what's not. And that's, I don't know what I just don't understand and what, mm. like, actually I'm not supposed to get. And that's that's just that's just the obvious running theme of me with every one of these books, so. I, I feel mm. like India... I feel the same way in a lot of ways. So I don't think you're, I, I think in a lot of, a lot of it is meant to be, because, you know, we're only seeing, we're seeing the what, we're never getting to see the why until like it all comes crumbling together or, you know, falling together at the very last moment. And it's also mixed with the fact that Tehol just kind of, I don't like, he does not like when he, when, so when he makes a promise, he does it. So like, he's like, yeah, fuck it. I'll make you feel pleasure and look like a human. So like, that's a whole thing we have to see. But like, is that going to impact his plan? I don't think, I don't think it's meant to, you know, it's just like a fun scene we get to have. Yeah, that's the, uh, I'm sure it will impact his plan because that's what, that's what Steve do, but yeah. It's the uh, I scratch your back, you scratch mine situation. Yeah. Except in this case, it's you scratch my back and I implant an organism into your body so that you can feel pleasure again. Yeah, you know? I give you a parasite that, that, that makes you... Uh, you yeah. will have to feed it dick or <laughs> but you're going to die. That fucking... Jesus. It's such an interesting so, concept. Has anyone seen the movie Teeth? Yes. I have seen the movie Teeth. <laughs> a- anywho, so... Before <laughs> Can I ask actually, a question? Uh, yeah, go. Uh, what, do you, what do you guys in the of the Biddick brothers? Who do you think's hottest? Mm. Briss. And Briss. I know hot, I think uh, it's Briss. It has I do to think be. it's Briss because <laughs> Hull's Hull's too broken, right? There's <laughs> no way it's not Hull, and I will die on this. Hill. Actually, really? in a, like a, is what is Hull's stop, age? Stop. I can't back tell. up. 
Hold on. New question. Fuck Mary Kill. Hull Chris Tayhole. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> easy, easy choice. Easy choice. Easy I, I choice. got mine. I got mine. Easy for me okay. too. I am going to easy choice. Fuck Hull. Marry Tehol. Kill Bryce. Okay. What? I'm next. I fuck Bryce. I kill Hull. <laughs> I marry Tehol. Okay, India. I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck Hull. Marry Bryce. Yeah, Please. I saw this one coming. Yeah. India has Sorry. it. India has it right. Josh, I cannot How? believe you would say you would marry Tehol. Spend your life with him. When I kill Tehol, I just take his money, man. Come on. You'll never find that money. There's too many layers. I would marry into the money, baby. Yeah, exactly. All I'm it's, trying to do is get a sugar daddy. Please. That's straight facts. But also, it's not like he uses the, like, where's the money, you know? If I could see the money, Bryce, Bryce He, he doesn't Bryce, need to spend he, the money. It's buried like, underground. It's tied, up in, it's tied up in investments. I'm not very, he's not very liquid right now. <laughs> and that's the problem. And that's why he has to go. Um, Breeze just seems really sweet. You AJ, know? did you go? Uh, I think I agree with you. Fuck Hull, kill Tehull, and marry Breeze. <laughs> All right. I just want to say final point, and then we should, you know, may, I, but there was a discussion about whether Bryce was like cut or like a soft boy, and I imagined him as a soft boy, and I He's just want to get boy. on the record about he this. Is a, he is a soft boy, a lithe soft Hull boy. Hull is a soft boy. Hull is a soft boy? No way. Hull's, Hull's like a mountain dog. of a person. Do you know what Hull. soft means? Yeah, yeah. It, I think t I think Hull has like a built dad bod. I think India's Hull right. is Hull is fucking brittle. Hull yeah, is strong uh, until wait, he is hacked and then he the crumbles. Yeah. yeah, we're talking about he's Bryce. The, so of course he's cut. No, you can be good at fighting and not also chiseled. No, that's not the that's but that's not but that's not the the fantasy trope of it all. All right. No, now that wrong. we've let's listen, let's settle, <laughs> let's set this great analysis down. Tweet at us. Join our Discord and let us know who you'd fuck Mary Kill between the Bennett yeah. brothers. So um, now that we've gotten that great conversation out of the way, let's <laughs> Thanks, turn Josh. to I would say kind of the heart centerpiece of this chapter. Bryce kind of goes on an underwater odyssey journey kind of thing what's that he meets with the Sita, does some preparation gets thrown into this tile glub 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 dolmens what's that god's guardian aj what did you take away you claim you made some big claim like you understood the whole thing i did not i did not say that i did not say that at all <laughs> Um, we were talking last night and India said, I didn't, I don't really know what happened. Uh, I know this happened. And I said, oh, also he fed his blood to the water or something. That's really kind of all I got. <laughs> no, I, I thought this was uh, very interesting. I missed the like getting sucked into a tile part of it. I didn't know where he was the whole time. But is that so is that a whole? That's how he got in through the dolmen tile. Right. But is that like a hold? Like where where was he? What is that? Mm. I feel like. <laughs> it was so, a question, not a mm. So I feel like, <laughs> AJ, you know how What's-His-Face parent can, like, travel through this shit and, like, see them? Right. I feel like the Sita's machine can send okay. people's consciousness to places. Okay. Which seems pretty fucking important to have known. Yeah, I just wasn't sure if that was, like, technically a hold or, like, what that was considered. Um, no, I thought that was, but I thought it was great, though. I do enjoy when Breeze was like, oh, I have to, so he he, he meets with whoever, and they're like, oh, okay, you're gonna have to go kill male. And he's like, oh, all right. And he goes ask the Sita Kirk Khan, he's like, okay, how do I do this? And he's like, you'll figure it out. I think, I think you're a resourceful dude. And Why don't Breeze you go is like, in there? 
he's like okay sure and then just pops in um i thought the fight was cool the water's neat and then and then he and then he cuts his hand and feeds it um so the dolmen is just like a big obelisk right like it's just like a big tower with runes on it or something uh i looked like... it i looked it up and that's not the actual definition but that is a hundred percent how i imagined it too aj yeah okay yeah it's a little different but i think you kind of get the gist yeah and what did you make uh let's 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 spin it around Inge. what did you make of this you know five of them have this you know the hold and these prisoners and, and these forgotten gods but what's that there's a missing one a god has been enslaved you know only I, learning its name will free it you know what do you think's going on where this who, where where this god go what's go what's up peter i told you yesterday i got nothing from this scene a i had no idea what was going on b i thought it was so boring and c all i knew was that he was talking to a god and needed to remember names and then he fell asleep that's all i got all right. i don't all right. know josh, what it means josh did you got more i i guess i yeah, I, I, can... I, I erred i erred i erred, Inge. I erred. uh <laughs> yeah do you want to just like say what happened in like non-Steve words? Well, what do you th what, what do you think's going on with this God, bro? Yeah, okay. So gods have the power of gods is that people know them. We've learned that ascendants become ascendant when their name is just like hollow, right. basically. And so when people forget who a god is, they slowly die. That's what's happened to the elder gods like Kroll. They've become weakened because they don't people don't know their names as much. So these are a bunch of elder gods who probably weren't quite so powerful as Kroll, who, you know, their names didn't last. So male, elder god of the sea, was like Look, I can, like, give you a home and then you won't literally cease to exist. Uh, but then Male just kind of left them. There is that guardian guy who's there. I don't really know who, if he's a god or was created by Male or something. But basically, mm. it seems like the Warlock King came down there, like, discovered these guys within the, you know, Male's warren, domain, whatever you want to say. And he kind of enslaved one of them. And it's it seems like the idea is that if they can figure out the name of the enslaved god, then they will give him power to break out of the Warlock King's control, more than likely, or some God. I did not get that part, but what? that's uh, a, this is a, a very common. Wait. It's a it's a wicked common trope that like names have power in fantasy things, and this is like a very very literal manifestation of that. That's who the warlock king is using. That's what we're going with. Yeah. So the warlock king, they thought the warlock king was using male, but rather the warlock king has enslaved an elder god who, I mean, more than likely is like mad. You know what I mean? Like probably doesn't have a great consciousness, especially now that he's had his mind enslaved. It seems like, uh, and so the war, like that thing probably does doesn't even know its own name but right. if someone can like remember its name and probably say it to them that's probably what it needs to in, in most fantasy books that would be how it snaps out of the control and like you know breaks free or some shit right. i don't know that's what'll happen in this book but i roll sounds like you're saying some pretty negative things about the warlock king and hannon's like a chill guy so, <laughs> okay like... i don't know if chill guy is how i would describe <laughs> him i will say the scene at the beginning of the chapter with the elder god coming out of the water was actual nightmare fuel because i have a fear of the ocean and i was like this is why i'm afraid of it what if an elder god comes out i will say in this the in these chapters and a few relating up to it i feel like the ocean imagery is even more on display a lot of sea talk salt in the ice you know a lot of ocean stuff going on Mm -hmm. saying keep an eye out you know it yeah and, uh, midnight tide. at the end of the chapter then we see bug a bit he returns home after helping these Narek and meeting with his teen um, 
and then we we go off and we see Salush and Shirk and uh, they put in this Otolo Utulu. That's like okay. the, that's the most phonetically spelled out word, and you can't fucking say it. Uh, and uh, there's this whole refreshing scene. So, what you make of what Shirk Alal's up to, Inge? Which one is that? Undead the assassin. The undead woman who just Love got. Her. Love her. Love yeah, that whole time. thing. Love that little Ulatu thing. Utulu. Love it all. Um, I don't know what she's up to. I wonder when she's. Is she? So now that she's all like living and beautiful again what happens to little kettle is kettle just going to continue to kill people and just live her little dead life or what yo who the fuck is kettle gonna end up being like she has gotta be some ancient being right <laughs> like they're hinting at some shit i'm so curious cannot wait. i love that scene when they were like oh so like what like i don't know i think shirk said it. it's like oh well it's because kettle's killing all those spies yeah, <laughs> and so yeah, I was yeah like yeah. what spies <laughs> it was good i like her Mm. Oh, Kettle or Shirk? Both. Both. And then uh, finally, there's a brief scene of the king, Bryce, and the eunuch, and the Sita all worrying about the impending great meeting. So, Josh, how do you think this meeting between the Lether and the Edir are going to go? I just want to first say it is so refreshing to have a king not be an absolute fuck up. Really yeah. love that this is a good king who knows what's up. Maybe a little eccentric, just a tad bit, uh, but love him. Also, I mean, I read the next two chapters, so I know what the Eater think. But at this point, I definitely was like, I guess it's going to end up in like a fight at the thing. You know, if thing, if words get too cross, the prince is be really being primed to like be terrible and say the wrong thing. And then, you know, his protector is going to have to just like slaughter Eater as they run away. That's what it feels like it's setting mm. up to. But I don't know if that's really what's going to happen or not. Mm. Well, I guess we'll see now, won't we? Yes. Yeah. Um, All right. Before, oh, we, move on, before uh, we move on, before we move on, I know we've kind of left this in the past because we have it straight from the horse's mouth that Steve is not a weeb. But at the bottom of uh, at the end of this chapter, there is some evidence that <laughs> Steve may be a weeb um, where. What? Uh, th so so Kurakan and Breeze are talking after the king leaves uh, and uh, we're talking about Kurakan says the lenses covering his eyes flashed with reflected light. Which is an extremely anime thing. Uh, if you guys have ever oh. seen <laughs> Neon Genesis Evangelion, the the main like uh, the, the the kid's dad, he pushes his glasses up and they do that thing where they like reflect the light for a second. Yeah, um, that's extremely Incredible. anime shit. Steve, I'm so sorry, but you keep putting anime in your books. Caught him. Sarah Coon's glasses be flashing. It's true. Uh, before we move on into chapter seven, we just want to take this moment to uh, thank all of our new patrons who have Woo! joined us since the last time we recorded. We'd like to thank the following backers. We got Ryan, Jason, Charles, Chris, Havard, and Matthew. Thank you all so much uh, for your generous donations. We really, really appreciate it. They, they keep coming in every week, which is just a, a wild thing. I keep waiting for them to stop, uh, and y'all just keep <laughs> keep throwing your dollars our way. Um, so thank you so much, and here is Chapter 7. Chapter 7. Saren's group approaches the Hyroth Sentiment. Tonight, they will meet with the Warlock King. Saren speaks with Hull about acceptance, Lefairy society, and armor. Saren approaches Mayan and asks her to welcome the Neric. 
Mayan gives her blessing. She then commands Featherwitch, and Saren thinks she's heard that name before. Featherwitch has gone to find Udinas. Udinas tells Featherwitch he sees her in his dreams, and they speak about Mayan together. Hull speaks with Saren more about Mayan, the first empire, and creation myths of both Narek and Eater. The Wraith Wither appears to Udinas in shadows. They speak of a forest and of a sky keep. Then Udinas has a vision. The duo watch Menandere and Sokol Ankadu approach their father, Osirk. Together, they drag Scavendari Blood-Eye's daughter, Shelthalore. They speak of Tiam. Osirk claims he fought Anamander Rake and says Scavendari has escaped. Osirk's daughters plan to imprison Shelthalore in the same Azath where Silcha's ruin is imprisoned. They worry that Scavendari might try to free Shelthalore, but Osirk says Blood-Eye is imprisoned. After their father departs, Menandere and Sokol talk about Anamander Rake and Shelthalore's children before rearing into dragons. Then Udinas awakes. Saren wonders about Letheri slaves and Featherwitch. She talks briefly with Udinas, who says the slaves still keep track of their debt, and he mentions that Featherwitch will cast tiles tonight. Hull wonders with Saren why the Sengar sons have been sent away before the Great Meeting. Saren dismisses his concern. Saren, Hull, and Baruch then meet with the Warlock King, and he officially welcomes them into the Eater's company. The Warlock King speaks to them about the coming meeting, about Hull's presence, and about what he will say to the Lether. Afterwards, the rain begins. Featherwitch then casts the tiles, she speaks of all the holds and then speaks in Jaghut and Draconian, leaving everyone with a sense of unease. Then Saren Padak staggers outside. Now, into the cold rain. So, Inge, with the Sengar brothers away, this yeah. chapter, although Udonis is in a part of it and there's this long dream flash thing, I would say it's mostly rooted from Saren's point of view. And it starts with her and Hull approaching, and they're speaking about the Narek, and eventually the Narek get this blessing from Mayan. So what did you think about the uh, Mayan choosing to bless the Narek and uh, kind of give them, the, uh, she taking the this authority to give them the passage? And what did you think of Saren at this part? I I wondered why she had the authority to do that, because I feel like they were all kind of surprised that she did, and also why it was such a big deal that she did. Also, the Neric, why are they, they said they're godless and whatever, and so they couldn't eat or do anything unless they were, like, given the blessing by them. But, yeah. And they explained why, I just still don't get why. Like, what is the issue there? Is just it just the just way customs. they are? Yeah, just customs. And they're also, the body that Bug was, um preparing was also yeah. so just this group of them happened to be with um baruch Bar right? yeah they're one of these um border tribes that were have been uh colonized by the lether okay okay and then like the eater are the next ones do you know what i mean to be colonized well, that's what the well, theory want yeah that's like kind of what's happening right what <laughs> oh how do you okay 
I didn't realize yeah. that. I just thought they were going to like talk about the uh, the seal thing. Well, yeah, but I mean, I think I, I mean I don't mean to. I know I'm putting a little spin on the Lethary's actions there, no, but. No. That's how Pete sees it. That's so. the bigger picture, is what you're telling me. Yeah, that's what the that, that's what the king is worried about. Is that the queen? It, it it looks like the queen sent those ships to instigate a conflict with the eater on the pretense of at this meeting. It sounds like the prince will make some outrageous demands in return, and then the warlock king would be forced to go to war, and the lether think that in a war they would easily win, or at least the queen thinks that. Okay. And now, when they got there, are they, like, surprised that they're so, like, established? Uh, well, Saren, it's more like, because Saren's been there a bunch. Actually, all three of these guys have been there a bunch. I think the difference, India, is until literally, like, a year ago in this world. They all were were, together. They they were were, all They were all, like, they were, like, constantly fighting, yeah. And seeing them all unified, I think they're kind of, like, shook. They got shadow magic. They got fucking, they're, they kind of are like, in. they could live forever. I don't know, y'all. They this have might a not warlock have king uh, with some sons. Also, Bert, <laughs> I forgot about his hostage sons. Yeah. That he's, hey, can we talk? My, definitely, I love my adult sons. <laughs> guys, they're definitely all going to get sacrificed uh, in some sort of big summoning ritual or some nonsense. Mm. That's like, it really feels like it to me. Mm. Um, I really actually like this chapter and I thought it it showed like a lot I don't know like it's 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 interesting to read about the um eater people from like a different perspective from Saren's perspective because I think that it's it just I don't know like she brings up some interesting points about like how the the lethery slave people are like there for no like what like I don't know I I never I didn't really think about the lethery slaves that are it that are eater whatever the eater slaves but now I'm just kind of like why are they still there I don't know I I also didn't realize until this talk that the only tisty eater POV that we get is troll I didn't even think about that so it's and he is right it's so cool to get to see like the only POV we're gonna get now until the the brothers are back is from non eater in the settlement. I think that's really interesting. Even weirder, they're going to cast Troll out at some point. So that's like... (laughs) (laughs) True. I keep wondering, like, when is the other shoe going to drop for our boy? But, yeah. Inge, I think you bring up a great point. Stop. When is the other shoe going to... Is that a saying I've never heard? The other shoe drop? Yeah. Oh, I've never heard this. I thought Indy just made that up. All right. No. I'm so sorry. So, Andrew, I think you bring up a good point in that Saren really, in some ways, is kind of our surrogate at this moment. Although, although she's already, of course, she knows some of the Sengar brothers and she's been with the Eater before. She is kind of an outsider to the Eater civilization and coming to it like us. So... I I think you're uh, I think you're prodding on it. Is is there anything else that resonated here? There's this scene with Feather Witch when she go when she goes to speak with Udonis and what do you make of their little relationship that they're having? I just don't get why she's being so like rude all of a sudden. Like she's like Preach. you are just not allowed to speak to me and I'm actually <laughs> not visiting your dreams. And India brought this up too. Like it's so weird to me that like she's still calling him indebted, but they're both slaves. Like they're both yeah, indebted. you're indebted too, girlfriend. Yeah, it's just so strange because like 
He like he was. I know that Udinas was indebted before he came, but how is that still a stigma when you're literally a slave to another culture? Like how? I just it blows my mind. Um. Yeah. I, I, she has a she has some energy about her, you know, for sure. She's there, like what inch? What? Really quickly. Okay, so Saren also is like her name is Featherwitch. I haven't heard that mm. name since like. The te- like his- historic whatever, oh, and it, they Fellow were really. has been dead for forty years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. She says almost that exactly. Yeah, but do the eater not know that she has the like this did, history the... about her name and like what she can do? Do they know like the like the how powerful? It appears she's supposed to be. Well, they they know she cast the tiles because her mom cast the tile. Like for generations, they've been slaves here, and they right. like, they have the women have cast tiles. So I think they know that, but they might not understand that. Like they might see casting tiles as like, oh, those Lefairy doing their little rituals little and such. But they don't know they yeah they don't know that it can like fucking actually bring gods down from the earth or some bullshit. So also, mm. I just don't love like I don't know like. Like, I don't, I just feel like the slaves there just seem kind of, like, chill. Like, they're just like, yeah, we just, like, live our lives here. It's like, like, it's just like a very, like, resigned slave, I suppose. Well, it's, it's very, it's, it's really very strange. I mean, obviously, but. It's very strange because I, I, I thought the same thing, India, and you were like, you were saying, they were like, why are they just slaves? Or like, why are they still there? And obviously because, like, the eater won't let them leave. Right. But, like, in the case of Udinas, it's very strange to think about he's living this life of servitude. But, like, in some ways, he has decided that preferable to being indebted. Because if he goes back to Lether, India, not only is he indebted, if he ever has a kid, that kid is born into debt. Because Udinas was born into debt. So, like, I guess in some ways he sees being a slave as, like, a way out of that existence. But they're still which born is... to be slaves. Yes, I don't know, India. It Very is so... weird. I guess, unless I'm living that experience, I'm not fully going to comprehend it. Yeah, I think um, later on there's actually that discussion, I think, Saren, yeah. I, I think she talks about it and then she reflects on it. She's like, well, what's like this difference between this and being so indebted and being enslaved? And is there freedom and, and what's the relationship with this? And I agree that that passage definitely struck me as a bit strange. And um, yeah, I, I agree with you, Inge. I mean, the idea that Udonis is owned by these people and he is property, you know. And he's just um, like, yeah, that is me. Yeah. This is my life. It's just so, I don't know. It's very fucked. And it just struck me in this chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... Um, Slavery is th- bad. Yeah, I think there's... <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this as a depiction of slavery. But I, that's I mean? what I was thinking of. It's very interesting to think about. Yeah, anyway, I, I digress. You digress. No, we're talking about the books, baby. We can't digress. Um, <laughs> talking about books, baby. Uh, Sorry. Sorry, I've been looking for different quotes as you guys keep bringing stuff up and I keep flipping around the book to try and find different quotes. But this last one I actually wrote down. Um, Come on, quote boy. Talking about how weird the slave stuff is um, and like why they're just kind of settled with it. And I think a part of it is, uh, I mean, we only see it from Udinas' perspective, but I think a part of it is like, you know, what are we supposed to do? Like, what are we as the the, the fairy slaves supposed to, to do about it? Because like, if they free themselves, they're freed, but then in the eyes of like, you know, if they killed all the eater or whatever, they're like, okay, they're not slaves technically anymore. But in the eyes of the Lefairy people, they're still, you know, indebted or whatever. Uh, and Udinas has this whole passage about uh, the fallen and what happens to the fallen. Oh, um, I love it. Oh, it's a great passage. Why don't you yeah. read it? So, yeah, I'm just going to I'm just going to read it. Fallen. 
Who tracks our footsteps, I wonder? We who are the forgotten, the discounted and the ignored, when the path is failure, it is never willingly taken. The fallen. Why does my heart weep for them? Not them, but for us. For most assuredly, I am counted among them. Slaves, serfs, nameless peasants and laborers, the blurred faces in the crowd, just a smear on my memory, a scuffing of feet down the side passage of history. Can one stop? Can one turn and force one's eye to pierce the gloom and see the fallen? Can one ever see the fallen? And if so, what emotion is born in that moment? There were tears on his cheeks dripping down to his chafed hands. He knew the answer to that question, knife sharp and driven deep. And the answer was recognition. So it's just like, the, the, I, I think ultimately there is not really any power for these people, even if they, they were to see their own way out, um, because they need to be recognized or, 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 you know, recognized by society at large and society needs to do something about it. Because even if they free themselves, it's still going to keep happening and there's still going to be these people, you know. Yeah, I think for me, it's it's definitely less about an actual institution of violent slavery, which I think as writing about it is not really that much on the page, right? I think it's much more about those people who are in debt slavery or in like so indebted that um, they feel like becoming a slave would be better for them, you know? Right. And like he is trying to maybe, I, I don't know, Udonis feels so lost that he thinks, I don't know, relinquishing what freedom he has would be better. I, you know, I don't know. I really don't. That's a whole thing right mm -hmm. and but i think it's more about that feeling of a distinction between how indebted are we what is you know wh what is economic freedom you know but obviously slavery is a different thing you know yeah so i just like that passage and i think it speaks to a lot of like people on the quote-unquote fringes of society and stuff and like you know homelessness and all this stuff and it, it's no nothing's going to change if society at large doesn't do something about it. Mm -hmm. And what I love about this passage, too, is, you know, it's about the fallen, which is obviously of a concern to these 10 very big books. It's the book. <laughs> the book of, of the, the fallen, fallen, yeah. You could say, Whoa. you could say this book is about fallen, you know, the fallen, you could say. Maybe. You could say it. Which is interesting, actually, re-kind re of recontextualizes the entire uh series in my head in that way because like the fallen to me was like oh everybody dies because there's a big war that happens but now it's like oh the fallen are like also just like regular people who society has let down mm -hmm. yeah i think uh i think that's about right heavy stuff man yeah. you guys are doing all this you do you're doing this heavy shit and then i'm like throwing fuck mary kills out here I, really feel, <laughs> I gotta i gotta <laughs> we got it's a perfect balance dude the yin and yang yeah. you know yeah so uh josh this also includes a conversation between um paul and saren about the first empire and then they talk about creation myths what did you make of this little creation myth conversation because as we've learned a little bit, little bit more about how the tis eater look upon their own creation yeah i don't know man 
all I get, whenever the people talk about this kind of stuff, all I get is that, like, I'm sure I should get something important out of this, but it is really past me. Like, I'm, I don't know. It's, I'm sure, like, you know, five paragraphs later, another sentence was said that I'm supposed to be like, wait a minute, that's, I don't know. I don't know why it's important that I know the Narek think they come from mothers who are hard to distinguish in their language, you know what I mean? And that they're all the godchildren of the godmother. I do not know what that means. It's so confusing. And I, and I wanted to shout out here, there's a little bit of talk about uh, patriarchy within New York society, which is just an interesting further glimpse into how gender is sometimes constructed in this world, which I think is uh, something I keep my eye out for, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I understood, shockingly, the whole tile reading with Featherwitch better than I did the talk about creation myths, which is saying something because I missed most of the tile talk. <laughs> I gotta say, we no are we're gonna get, let's, let's get to the tile reading at the end of it, because it's time, let's talk about it. I'm gonna start with AJ. Udonis is there, and he's with Wither, and what's that? Another mythic ancient dream time. We see some crazy stuff. What did you get? How much did you understand? Can, uh, I, can I ask, can I be reading ask a quick question? I'm so yeah. sorry. Because it, it is for my understanding. Osirk is not Osric, but they are cousins, brothers, half-brothers? Huh? Osirk and Osric? Osirk, yeah, is not Osirk. They're not the same, but they are related, right? Who are Osirk? either? Wait, wait. Okay, so, okay. Okay. so okay. last... Yeah, yeah. Last book, the, the the high elf guy, I can't think of his name. Laoric's dad. Laoric's dad was Osric, and he they are the Tisti... The King of Light or whatever. The Tisti Loth? Tisti They're like the light, you know, magical people. And then now we're with the Eater, who are like the darkness magical people, as opposed to the Anti-E, who are the shadow magical no, people? No, you switched them. The, the, burst the, him, burst him. The Anti are the dark magical people, and the Eater are the shadow magical people. But the Eater have a father, Osirk, not to be confused with Osric. Actually, all... actually, Josh, Josh, Josh. Osric has many names. Osirk, Osric is one of them. They're all the same. That is Osric. That is that is oh the, the guy who leads the Tistilogian. Fuck this book. <laughs> Because I was about to be like, Steve, how are you going to have, like, literal relatives with the same goddamn name? Fuck this book, Ugh. dude. Fuck. What? So those three were Leosian the whole time? I, in my head, were imagined Histi Eater. No, they're all Leosian. It's fucking just one dude. His name is Wait. Wait. Okay, yeah. So, so, yes, that was Loris' dad. Yeah, that's dad. And we've sold. So, yes. Well, yeah, they live for a long time. And so those were Loris' sisters because they were Osirk's daughters. Yes, which means Loris, which means Loris is sisters of daughter Dawn and, and, uh, the, the other one Sukal who's like the finicky one. Oh shit, so all the Dapple, scary the gods are Tisti Lotion? I thought the Tisti Eater <laughs> thought all the scary gods were ancient Tisti Eater. They, so they're Fuck. Tisti Lotion. Oh my god. Who is? I hate this. This sucks. <laughs> Wait, you guys are confused. I have to reread the whole okay, yeah, section yeah, yeah. now. Let's start from the beginning. Let's start from the beginning. So, uh, Udinaz is actually, talking to- Actually, this is, this is oh, the time off. I'm actually gonna break out my surprise. I made a chart. Yes, oh, yeah. <laughs> This is what win. we need. Oh my god. Oh, oh yes, please. And I, I don't oh, know if you can god. see it because yeah, we can of see the it. way it's the pretty webcam good. It's works. Pretty good. Okay, so look. Here is Father Light, you know? Uh-huh. And here is Mother Dark, uh-huh. you know? Mother Dark eh, makes the Tist Andy. This already uh, makes so much more sense just seeing it with this. And the Tist Andy, the, you know, there's three important brothers. Anamander Rake, 
and Arist and Silchus Ruin. You yeah. know. This is so good. That you know them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then over here is Father Light. And yeah. Father Light makes the Tist Leosian, and we have Osric. You know, also he's here. known as Osirk. Also Osric, also that. But what's this that? So what's also Osric. Mother Dark, Father Light. They together make the Tisty Eater, which is Shadow. shadow. Okay, this right. makes sense. And the head of the sh- the the big head Shadow Leader is Scavendari Blood Eye. You know, who is in the first is in the prologue, and then we assume dies. Yeah. Yes. So this is kind of I would say the first generation of important <laughs> Tist people right now. This is you know, so helpful. They're yeah. not cousins. They're just all leaders of these races. You know. Got it. Okay. Osric, Scavendari Blood Eye, well, and but the they three. All- uh, they're brothers. like they're like well, they're, they're co- like third cousins. Yeah, they they're came. Cousins. They both came from Father Light and Mother Dark in some way. All right. The good yeah. news is the Tist Andy no longer become relevant. You know. Great. All right. So r- right, right. Well, they're just over there because when we're talking this family tree thing. So Osric has kind of a kid with Tiam, the, the dragon goddess. Oh yes, yes, yes. It's kind of not what it is. But Which, I'm hey, Steve, come so, on, Tiam, Tiamet from D and D. Come yeah, on, dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. Osric has. You know, this is the two people we just met, Menendor and Sokol Ando. You know, <laughs> these are these these are these two women who yeah. have difficult to pronounce names. Okay. And then over in the middle is Scavendari Blood Eyes' daughter, Shelthalor, who is being dragged by them. Yes. Yeah, she's being dragged they by them. And side cousin. note, side yes. note, yes, they're cousins because of TM. You know, oh. but TM, let me noted, is not actually their mother, but they're all dragon soul taken. So, like, because of their dragon blood, they're kind of cousins, you know? Right. I'm going to um, throw they, up. They, Wait. they, 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 they all come so from final TM, point, final but point. not literally. So, 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 just a little sub, sub point. Shelfalore had a kid, had kids with Draconis, and this is the yes, third yes, generation. Yes, yes, yes. Lady, Lady Envy. Envy and Lady Spike. And that Draconis no, person that, drags the drags the cart. Yes, yes, that's Draconis, yes. Yeah, yeah, he got killed and is in the car. He made the sword that, that Animator Ray wields. And then... Yep. <laughs> what? Wow, Pete, this... This makes things clear. Okay, yeah. so I just so... wanted to be clear for the record. Um, maybe I'll tweet this poster, but yeah. this, this poster is, the most... is not comprehensive, and I wouldn't be surprised if I'm wrong, but I'm just trying to, like, clear up just I'm... this scene. I'm telling you right these now, three women are. I feel... So much better yeah. about everything I have read now with this. Peter is a godsend. Yeah, yeah. Pete, this is great. This is this Fantastic is really great. I, I we definitely should tweet this, put it in the Discord, um, print it on a T-shirt, sell it. I how dare you hide this until now? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. you sat on this until right this moment. We had no warning. Yeah. Oh okay. my god! So. Envy and spite the daughters, Lady Envy. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. I didn't even put that together. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa, big yeah, day. Dude. Did you guys realize that when they said, and yes. they made the two daughters, Envy and Spite? I, did, I didn't even... I didn't realize it in the moment that they said Envy and Spite, but then a couple lines later, they say the, the ladies of Draconis or something. They said the word ladies, so my head was like, yeah, ah. Yeah, yeah, Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. <sighs> Steve? <sighs> Pete, I gotta say, I'm so glad you brought out that fucking this chart. Is incredible. Wow. This is incredible. I just day. thought it could help clear it up because it the scene's yes. pretty confusing as it is if you would have known who all these people were. Yeah. You know? So, but, I so what, I, what blows my mind now is that now we know the Tista Eater have these, like, god figures who are also Tistalosian. Do they know that they're Tistalosian? Um, I don't think so. But you gotta remember, Menendor and Sokolan could do however you say that name. <laughs> Do not know. 
<laughs> like don't don't at me like i'm like i'm trying you know no wait uh she goes um, by she goes by dapple as well right or is that a different one let's do you know what let's call her dapple that feels like a team I like win, that you know yeah. yeah i think yeah so menendor and dapple are both kind of like antagonistic figures to the eater yes that should yes be known, yes you know i mean so um oh, so well i guess with fun. some of that clarification out of the way India, what did you, how much, what did you make of this scene? And what did you make of, so they're talking about how these two sisters plan to imprison Shelfalor in the Azath along with Sultra's Ruin. And they're like, oh, but wouldn't Scabandari free his daughter? You know, so what do you think of all this stuff? And what do you think about what's happening with this Azath, Silchus Ruin and their plans? Who's Silchus Ruin? I read that name, but man, nope. Silchus Ruin, Silchus is, Ruin the, is, is the albino brother of Anamanda Rake and Andorus. Yeah, and he's the he, Tisty Andy that gets betrayed in the prologue. Yes. Okay. To be honest, not much clicked about this. I, I read it and that's what I, and I, and I, read what I've read. However, when you ask me to put the pieces together, that just doesn't happen. So do we know why they were they wanted to put her in the Azab house? Do we and then their dad comes and what I just honestly I read it. So that's all I got. I don't know so why. India, I don't know what. I don't know anything. India, as far as I can tell, the Azab houses are like the one thing that can just contain whatever is given to it. So, like, if you have a if you have a person that you want gone, it seems like the Azath houses are essentially your best bet to just throw them into, and then they're stuck in the ground forever. And you can't undo that. Well, except currently the Azath Tower, they are like working their way up, and the Azath house is losing its power for whatever reason. Is there a reason? Do I know why they're doing this yet? Or do I just know that they did it? Also, I really okay. had a very high opinion of the Tistalosian in the last book, and now I really dislike them all of a sudden. You liked the Tistalosian in the last book? Well, not the most of them. I thought Laoric was chill, and I thought Osric was just a little out there. Everyone else sucked. You all know, right, on second thought, they all sucked. Not, <laughs> Take it know, back. It's like a group of people, you know? Yeah. Some good, some bad. <laughs> wow, the wisdom, you know? <laughs> it's unending so listen let's leave that there you know that it's quite a lot to chew on you know and i think it's all right if we're not at a hundred percent you know but i want to move now to this dinner about with the warlock king and with saren and hull aj what did you make of the dinner with the warlock king i thought it was pretty chill i don't know not not chill that's the wrong word but it was just kind of like I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> it felt weird. Um, this is the most like this is the closest we've gotten to like imperial politics in this book. There's just like a lot of like posturing and like speaking in certain ways and like stuff that we haven't really seen in this book besides kind of to whole, But that's not even really like political stuff. That's just him being like goofy. So I don't know. I thought it was OK. India. I will say I was expecting a lot more than what I was given. I was expecting a fight. Mm. I was expecting some bloodshed. I was expecting some magic. Yeah. It just was like a like a petty, sassy conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, they I was were, here uh, for it, though. Were, I love the shade. Yeah. They were throwing shade, that's for sure. And Not um, to be confused with throwing shadow. I would say the hey. <laughs> The Warlock King welcomed them, but I would say he was not very welcoming, if you know what I mean. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, even when he was like, "Oh, forgive me for eating. I'm I'm very un unformal." Yeah, blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah. Like even that is just like I don't fucking respect you, and I'm just gonna eat my fucking dinner, you worms. Like, and he's yeah. like, I'm, "I'm sure you can understand. You guys would get not having any being hungry, yeah. courtesy." <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But why did he send Saren out, and why was she like? He might have just saved my life. I think it's just. I think it's just because the the acquitter's role isn't like formally isn't to be like in meetings and stuff. They're just to uh, I don't know facilitate. Yeah, the project I, yeah, manager. Yeah, 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 right. And I think She's she was the kind of project manager for this. Whole thing. <laughs> yeah, and I think when she says uh, he might have saved my life, I think they just like are we're getting he, they, they were about to get real heated. Uh, and mm-hmm. I don't know. Is this like ongoing then? Because like, am I going to, are we going to pick up here? Because it like when we go back or is that, was that just the conversation? I mean, it, cause it didn't really go, I feel like anywhere yet. I think the com- this conversation is going to continue between Hull and Baruch and yeah. the Warlock King, but Saren is our POV. So we're not going to see the rest of it. I think we're going to see the aftermath of it, whatever that is. And but. the stolen sons were standing behind. Yes. The yeah. Warlock King. Just yeah. creepily. Yeah. And they're all magical as well. Yeah, they're covered. They're covered in in shadow. Yeah. And we don't know what he's drawing his power from because he lied about it. And it's not what we thought it was. Fact. I think. PB. I think so. Yeah. 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 We don't know. We know that he is using that God. I don't think we know yet exactly how he got the power to get to that God and like, you know, hold over him. Because it ain't Corald Galen or Corald Emerlon or Corald whatever. But I the thought fuck. in the next chapter, that's what they're like using. Like Benedis. Benedis uses shadow yeah, they, magic. They, but... uh, they do draw upon curled Amberlane, but when they're on the boat and they kill all of the seal stealers, yeah. Benatis is the like, that ain't, that ain't curled Amberlane, y'all. That is some other bullshit. Yeah, that, that, that power, that like insane yeah. wild power is whatever that Elder God power is. But but the, the Eater people do draw on shadow magic regularly. And we're thinking that the slave God is what he's getting that power from. Is that what we're yes. saying? Or no? He used that enslaved God to murder all the people on that ship and then to blast all those ships onto the shore. Yes, he yeah. has that God under his control. Yeah. And okay, I really like in this little scene when I don't know who I think it was Hull who was like, well, those people deserve to die because who, the, the seal stealers because. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like, I love that. And then freaking wizard king was like, you dumb bitch. That's rude. I feel bad that they're dead. And it's not their fault. They were just doing what they were told. So really, it's the people who told them to do it, who they're indebted to or whatever, fault. The Warlock King is playing the fucking game. I love it. And he's just like, oh, it's going to be mad. All right, let's just use this one to my advantage. I I love it. He's just toying with them. Yeah. Well, I kind of love the Warlock King here because usually, and like, especially with his name, like it would like he could have like a Saruman, Sauron, Dark Lord vibe, but here he mm-hmm. is being totally petty and like, oh, you know, I don't know. It just says petty he, is he's exactly playing a social right. game that yeah. sometimes a character called the Warlock King 
you wouldn't see be playing. Can I say, I hope one day to have the confidence that I could murder hundreds of people and then be like, it's a damn shame they had to yeah. <laughs> It's really, It's really wrong of you to say that they should have. Like, it actually like, wasn't like, fair at all. But... I didn't want to do it, you fucking monster. I had to. The world yeah. is so unjust. <laughs> and then before Saren gets like, you know, asked to to leave she's like i she said that the wizard king like you could listen to him speak forever and yeah that's a very dangerous thing and mm-hmm, he's like mm-hmm. kind of charismatic like should i hate him i don't know he hasn't yeah. wronged me yet i'm gonna go out on a limb and say eventually yes I, yeah. hey, i'm pro you know you as of now your on. feelings i enjoy it i yeah, love it I, I, I live for the drama. I think it was super that that line specifically was super interesting because like knowing knowing what the Warlock King has done and his like wild power and then being like, oh, yeah. the way he speaks is very dangerous is like that's telling, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's chill. It was it, that was good. I liked that a lot. I, I enjoyed that scene. I mean, I definitely was expecting more, but I kind of like that. It was like not what I was expecting and it never yeah. is. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And final part of this chapter is uh, this reading of the tiles. Josh, how much did you get? I think at most what I can say is, because I don't have the book in front of me, I recognized a lot of the players in the game, but I did not fully grasp all the moves that they are said to be making, if that makes sense. And that's about right. Of course, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell you to sweat it, but I just want to brag. I feel like I got more than I, I got like a fair amount. I would say I like, you know, I wouldn't say 100%, but I pretty much got it. Yeah, it's like, on, the, on your second reading, I would hope so, bud. I want to yeah, say yeah, yeah, yeah. I had no idea. So if you, would, if you would like to run that back for End, because she was just talking shit, yeah, and then no, it would definitely. like go back to like Saren being like, oh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, that was kind of like, in front of me. Chill, If you don't like it, leave. And I'm like, well, what is there not to like? I got, I got the night is, um... Carsa, and he's heading towards something, uh, but I can't remember exactly what the wording was. What were the other ones in there, AJ? I'm Can reading read it again. I, don't, I know you got it in front of you. I'm looking, man. Hold on. We stand upon Dolmen. I didn't even think that this was something like, it's, see, this is the shit. Because I'm reading this and I'm like, what are you, like, oh, okay. You're talking oh, about the ice oh, hole. Right? This is, what is the point of her little fable here? Why are these yeah. words italicized? Well, India, this, this is this is like her. She's like re- doing like a deck of dragons reading, but it's like coming yeah. out of her in like a really like she's possessed kind of way. So that's the italicized mm-hmm. words is her speaking. in I imagine kind of a different voice because it's the you voice of the tiles. You're possessed by not, a demon yeah. and they put that cool effect on your voice. Yeah. You oh, know, it's like double speak. So he's talking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. So, so Josh, there's there's the hold of ice. There's the hold of the dragon. There's the empty hold. Uh, and what are the holds? The watchers. The holds somehow been- are connected to like the houses. I don't really understand if we fully get it yet. They seem more primordial to me than the houses, but that could be complete conjecture. I don't really know. That's yeah. a word that I don't know. Primordial. As in like much more ancient, you know? I see. Because because the houses a lot of the time feel like they are led by the newer ascendants, you know? Not yeah. newer, because some of them are fucking ancient also, but these ones feel like they are they are championed by powers less by people yeah that makes any sense oh the one the one thing i did get here was uh when feather is talking about bone perch 
and talks about how the the the, the twin thrones have like crouched uh, uh the spines yeah, yeah, of that's the, the beast hold for yeah, memories the hold of beast has found twin rulers and i was like ha ha and, <laughs> and see that's why i'm like in the in the third book they keep talking about the beast throne yeah and they and i think they maybe even call it a hold and talk about it being very very old they, yeah they say the hold of beast but india that's tog yeah. and uh the other wolf tog and Bend tog away. Tog and Vanderay. How the fuck did you pull that name Good out? Good job. <laughs> I know all um, the female character names. Nice. Damn. <laughs> but yeah, okay. a lot of shit in here. Hey. Let's leave that reading there and move on to the final chapter. Chapter 8. On a clandestine quest, the Sengar brothers crossed the threshold out of Eater Lands and into the icy north. In the wastelands are dangerous creatures named Jehek on the ice. Their brothers go to spend the night at the bottom of a crevasse. One of their companions discovers a path, and they follow it to an altar. In the walls around the altars are animals and bodies caught in motion. They wonder if this is connected to the hold of ice and Gothus. They discuss salt and preserving the sanctity of our past. After a further night of travel, they rest. Rulad falls asleep on watch, and they discover their camp has been robbed of supplies. Together they find then a spar in the snow. Inside is a sword. Fear tells Benadas they must shatter the spar, and Fear reminds him that the Warlock King has told them they cannot touch the sword inside. Benadas is going to destroy the spar, but they are hesitant. Suddenly, a pack of Jehek attack them, and Troll shatters the spar. Battle ensues. Rolad saves them and uses the sword to defend them, but is killed by the Jehek. The others cannot free the sword from their brother's corpse, so they wrap him up and put him on a sled to drag home. They go to travel further back and think on Rulad, feeling guilty, troll especially. But Nadas has broken his hip and the journey back will be even more treacherous. Troll takes the rear guard and defends the party from Jehek as they go back. He finally reaches the group and collapses exhausted. The group is surprised by Troll's fighting prowess. Benadas has used magic to contact local tribal shamans who are going to help them. Troll feels guilty over Rulad's death, worries about what the Warlock King wants with this sword, and thinks maybe it would have been better if they had all died together. I actually just want to jump in and say, I don't know if you guys noticed, but Steve actually kind of spoiled this during our interview. You know, oh. he said that uh, Midnight Tides is a tale of two sets of three brothers. Yes. Yeah. You know, oh, but, three. But you see, at the start of the book, there's four Sengar brothers. I you know, caught that. Yeah, I didn't catch the three. I just remembered the a story of brothers. Mm -hmm. But it's all right. We all made it through. But okay. before we get to uh, what happens at the spar, um, they cross into the ice and, you know, they spend the night at the bottom of this crevasse and they find this altar and there's all these things frozen in ice. Josh, you spoke a bit about the freezing in ice and with that scene in Gothos and that 
prologue. What did you make of this? Uh, these people trapped in ice and this first leg of their journey? Uh, it's honestly pretty terrifying because they, they talk about how like they're literally frozen in motion. And not like it doesn't appear like they're frozen fleeing. Like it's just like one instant you're just about to chomp down on some tasty caribou and then boom. <laughs> frozen for eternity and that's mm -hmm. awful <laughs> but how uh but some how? jagged magic because we the see the hole, jagged baby. at the beginning of the uh book yeah the ice hold <clears throat> bullshit <laughs> yeah uh, i kind of like this part and i like them talking about the past too it's kind of uh i don't know just mm -hmm. kind of some steve uh you know steve thoughts but then this is uh, really just the beginning. They travel a little more and they spend the night. And what's that? Rulad fell asleep on his watch. All their food gets stolen. But actually, uh, sorry, like Rulad totally didn't fall asleep. Dad like, didn't fall asleep. No <laughs> way. He just, like, just sat down for like one second. Okay. That's what he was um, doing. He was just closing his eyes for a second. Well, and gosh, and like them I don't know, everything the... was gone. Mom, I'm not but... asleep. <laughs> I was just resting my eyes. Troll's reaction was a little aggressive. <laughs> Troll fucking smacked him in the head with yeah. his spear. And then hat. had like a like an afterthought of like mm, that might have been a little aggressive. <laughs> yeah, but then as soon as they find that all the food's gone, it's just like okay, no, fuck this. This kid really shit the bed here. Okay. Mm. Uh, well, lad. yeah, you know, that mm, good chapter, I would say. Can I say, I love when Steve just gives us one POV for a chapter. It, I mean, I we cook through mm. those chapters, I feel like. I agree. I, I think this chapter is so great, and it really ha takes you from A to B. It's just a full story in one chapter. Feels great. Mm. Um, it does feel great. AJ, uh, what did you think of Troll in this chapter? We're going to get to everything that happens at the spar, but where, where, what did you make of, I feel like we learn a lot about him and we see him in this kind of situation of distress. I got to say, my sad boy is, is coming back. I can I, I can feel him just getting so sad and it, it warms my heart. <laughs> <laughs> sadness I, uh, is settling in <laughs> sadness oh. is settling in no i yeah this is a different troll than than earlier in the books he's he's I, I mean he's kind of uh skeptical earlier but now he's just straight up like we shouldn't be doing this uh, and i i i don't know i i love him very much <laughs> and i feel very bad that his brother is dead aj do you know what? i want to loop around to your thoughts about him at the end because yeah. i think it's worthwhile talking about kind of the centerpiece of this chapter of course in which the sangar brothers arrive at this spar that the warlock king saw in his vision and with inside is this sword that they ought not touch and of course it is ambushed they have to destroy the spar and then uh, Rulad ends up touching the sword to save them, but he dies, and the sword cannot be removed from his hand. India, what did you make of this uh, set piece and this, uh, what happens to the Sengar brothers here? When they all get attacked? Yeah. I mean, I just don't know what exactly they were thinking, that they were going to be the only people here, and then their food goes missing, and they're like, yeah, well, we're still the only people here. No, so they, knew, they knew that Jahek were there, but like they hadn't seen them yet. They're bad. They're bad for not thinking of camouflaging. Um, so, yeah, that that was I mean, to be honest, though, I was also shocked and I thought they were going to die, too. I thought I I don't know. I didn't know who I thought was going to die, but I thought that this would be the scene where like something happened. Troll fucked up. And then this is like every time I mm -hmm. see him, I just wonder what it's going to be that makes him like fucked up. 
mm. at the end to where we mm. started in our last book. But anyway, I have all the same questions that he has. Where was Rulad? Where was he when this whole thing was ensuing? They would, And I know that the brother said that he like had went in to go get the sword, but I don't know. Something very strange mm. about this whole situation. And maybe it's because I read it from Charles' point of view and he feels that there's something strange about this whole situation. <laughs> but... <laughs> I I just I I agree. I just feel like a lot of the things that happened were easily like I don't know. It was strange. Why did he like you have this new cool sword, so instead you just like scream so that everybody like attack like you just run like it was just like a very I mean maybe it's because he's like never been in a battle or whatever. Obviously unlike myself where I know that you don't just run into a group of people and then <laughs> all the you battles get you've been stabbed in. everywhere. <laughs> But I just feel like it could have been done differently. He didn't have to die, but he had to die for this story. And I wasn't upset about it because I didn't particularly love his character anyway. <laughs> what is strange, and it makes sense. I mean, I think we all kind of, when, when somebody tells you not to touch something, like, it's probably a reason as to why you shouldn't touch it. But I just want to know more about this sword. I want to know where it comes from. I want to know if he knew that when he sent those brothers there that this was going to happen. I'm Yeah, Josh, so curious. what did you make of this uh, set piece? What do you think's going on with this sword, and are you mourning the loss of Rulad Sengar? Not mourning the loss of Rulad. I'll get that out there. Oof. I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> secondly, no idea about this sword. I mean, it is a fantasy book, and swords are pretty important. We've seen... You know, Dragnipur. What was the one that uh, Andorist had? What did he call it? Vengeance. Sorrow. 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 Or Guilty. I think it was Guilty. Vengeance and then Sorrow. Sadness. I don't know. There's that big sword. And I guess this is another cool sword. And now just all the Tisty, all our cool sword boys. I don't know. I've, I have I, I got nothing, man. Mm. We don't know anything about it so far, except it was in a tree growing in the ice wastes, which is already a little sus. And then that it can't be released. So, got nothing. Yes, India? I kind of quickly, is there any other question regarding this specific topic or can I bring something up slightly unrelated but still related to Troll? Please. You know when he dreams about his brother's fiance? Mm. Ooh, yeah. Is he low-key in love with her and that's why he's pissed off at Rulad? Ooh. Oh, I want to talk about this too. I don't know about that. I don't know. But I, I was like, this is weird. I think so. His, why didn't I why didn't I think of that sooner? Because Troll didn't think about it. We were in Troll's mind and he just saw it as protecting Mayan, not realize because look, Troll's never been horny before, which is a <laughs> sentence I didn't <laughs> fully think before yeah. saying it out loud. No, that's what they're talking about, India. They're saying that like eater dudes take forever to get horny for the first time and you know but and the, the women get horny hella earlier and slaves. maybe fuck the slaves yeah yeah and we know nothing's gonna happen because in the next book or the previous book troll was still a virgin yeah that's what i was gonna say oh i forgot India, about i that. hate what are you doing with your eyebrows remember they <laughs> talked about it next to the turtle yeah yeah it was definitely super not uncomfortable <laughs> this this is the content I live for. But anyway, <laughs> back to that really cool battle scene. Mm. Well, let's get to that dream. But um, I just wanted to ask if AJ had any thoughts about that kind of battle and if you have any uh, thoughts about the sword. And are you mourning Rulad Sengar? I do not have many thoughts about the sword. It, it is a big, weird sword. I just keep imagining that it's Frostmourne from, World of, uh, from Warcraft. That's all I see it as the whole time. And, but yes, I am sad about Rulad dying, which I am surprised to say. 
but I the, every every time Rulad's in a chapter, part of my notes said, I can't wait for Rulad to do something dumb. And so after he fell asleep at the thing, I was like, oh, he's done something dumb now, but he's definitely going to do something dumber because of this. And then when we find the sword and he does this whole thing to like, I guess, try and redeem himself or whatever, like super dumb. But then the more I think about it, very sad because he just wants his brothers to think he's cool and good and like knows what's going on and they don't want him, he doesn't want them to think that he's a fuck up and so he literally kills himself just so for his brother's approval pretty much yeah which i think is really really sad um like this whole time this whole time i i thought he was just being an asshole because he's an asshole but he was just trying to be cool in front of his older brothers which like fuck dude and maybe this explains Josh and I's uh, uh, opposite ends of the spectrum here because Josh is the oldest and I am the youngest because shit, you just you just want your siblings to think you're cool. It hits different when you're the youngest, you know? Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm actually surprisingly extremely sad uh, mm. uh, about Rulad's death. Yeah. Well, when you put it like that, AJ, damn. Sorry, that's just how I, how I read it. Oh, also, I did want to say, um, I, I, India, I agree. Every time uh, we start reading about Troll, I was like, all right, here's he's going to do something that's going to get him exiled. Like, here we go. Uh, and I was like, he's going to touch the sword or like tell someone not to touch the sword. And then when Rulad had the sword, I was like, oh, well, fuck. I don't know. I've Now I literally have no idea what Troll could do. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. if he just says something bad against the Warlock King. He's and, literally just going to question everything and they're going to be right. like, yeah, That's what it's going to be. Yeah. Right. That sucks. I, I don't know, though. I feel like Steve's setting us up. I think he wants us to think it's going to be that, but it's going to be something else. Mm-hmm. Steve would never play a game. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's, right. that's not his that's not his his storytelling style. Yeah. So yeah, after the fight, they kind of recuperate a bit. Benedict's uh, hip is broken, so he has to get on the sled and, and they have Troll has to defend them all this. But this is the <gasps> time when Troll, as you were saying, has these dreams about Mayan. Um, and I like how he, when he wakes up, he's like, I wonder what those dreams were about. Who knows? You know? <laughs> um, and then this is really when he starts feeling so bad and feeling so guilty about Rulad's death. And he's very concerned about what the Warlock King wants with this sword. And he thinks maybe it would have been better if they all died. Inge, what did you make of all his thoughts here? And do you have any ideas of what the Warlock King wants with this sword? I think his thoughts are valid. <laughs> but... <laughs> I I also wonder what the Warlock King wants with this sword. What the hell? Oh, These are this no question idea. is just not a thing. Like, if the sword can I don't even understand the concept of it not leaving the, the brother's hands. So they, they just can't take it out, out of his hands. It's stuck. Right. But if he was alive, could he put it down? I guess it's hand singular, but yeah. But uh, what uh, sorry, no like no, he couldn't put it down, but I just I wanted to correct myself again. I don't know what I the Warlock King has. I I have no idea, as is the story with everyone, what their plans are. I can't even think of what it's going to be, to be honest. Yes, AJ, Mm. that face. I just had a thought at the end of Memories of Ice when we come across Bowdoin again, but he is the knight of House Death. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he says knight. He can't put down his sword either. I think you it's because I think he's got no. I think there's something else with that. Like it's stabbed <laughs> through his hands or something. I can't remember. Uh, what is I don't it? Know. That just that just popped into my head. 
It's different. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's all different. <laughs> okay. I believe it just popped Odin into my head, and as I, the yeah. High ha- Knight of High House Death has two swords. Yeah, he has two hands. swords in his hands. Okay, but they're in his hand. Like he can't take them out. Yeah, I think it's because of what happened in life. I don't know though. Mm. I couldn't really. Yeah, I don't know. But it's yeah. I don't know. Just popped into my head right now. I that, that I don't know. I don't know if it means anything or if they're related at all. But but there are swords that you can't put. There down. are swords. Yeah. I don't know. This is it's just annoying. I want them to get back already. That that's it. I just want to mm-hmm. see what the frick happens. Yeah. Well, India, good news. At the clip we're going through this book, they're going to come across the Warlock King in like 8 pages. Like yeah. it's going to yeah. be quick. I got to tell you, I feel like I got to say this feels like a terrible mission they went on as brothers, you know? <laughs> yeah. Go north, get a sword, one brother hurts his hip, other brother dies. Feels like Troll had a bad time, you know? Feels like Warlock King wants Sengar brothers to die. Mm, you mm-hmm. think so, Inch? <laughs> just, just off the top of my head, he sent them on a mission that none of them should come back from. No, he definitely wanted the sword. Mm. I also think, yeah, I remember, like, the Sengar brothers are pretty fucking powerful. Like, you've got the Weapon Master troll literally single-handedly just murdered dozens of people, and Banatus is the best sorcerer after the Warlock King. Like, he, it's honestly, and then Rulat. It's kind of the crack team. <laughs> <laughs> I like Troll how how Troll has my the same thought as me when Benedus like contacts all these shamans and they show up. Troll's like, well, why didn't we do this earlier? There should have been more mm-hmm. of us that went yeah. to the spa or spa together. Yeah. You know, not to I mention. Think, well, I hear the word like he doesn't want witnesses. He's gonna yeah. murder them all when they get back. But also, when they all get separated and Troll's alone, which was a very weird scene. I was like, is he asleep? Is this happening? Yeah. He is taking on uh, many of these jahex things. Yeah. Where was this energy earlier is what I'm asking. One. Two. Had Rulad not touched the sword, would they have all died? Was that the plan? I don't know. I don't know. But you know, it's like Charles being like emotionally overwhelmed and these like creatures are overwhelming him. He's being overwhelmed physically. You know, it's like. Yeah, it's a big, it's a it's a big metaphor for grief. All he needs to be is isolated and alone and he can fight all of his demons is what you're telling me. That's like I would say probably not the grief tactic. I don't think that's the strat, Ange, you know. Mm-hmm. It was working but for that's him. what happened when he was alone. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. I guess we'll see. We should all handle our grief alone. That's what I'm I, understanding. Uh, I don't it's gonna get <laughs> a big, missing the point. It's gonna get a big head tilt from PB over here. <laughs> Huh? Well, um, before we go, I guess before we go, I suppose we're going to have since uh, this last chapter is, you know, there's an action scene, but it's kind of a sad one. Yeah. So kind of have a little subdued brother watch. Just one from you. Uh, AJ, who's a brother that stood out to you this week? Benedict or uh, sorry, uh, Benedict or Sengar? I think I mean, as always, Breeze is doing some of the coolest shit in this book so far, but I think this week troll troll has my heart once more. Um, mm. He's, he's sad. He's shocking. going through some shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Shocking. <laughs> um, he really, I think this is, this is concreted uh, that he's going back to, to his old slash new because it's the troll that I know from house of chains self uh, where at the end of this book, he just ends it in like, uh, or at the end of this uh, chapter rather, he ends in like kind of a, uh, a, a not a soliloquy, but he just it's just like a very cryptic kind uh, of prophetic. Would that we had all died. Would that we had failed. It's just like very like 
that that heady way that troll speaks in house of chains um, yeah yeah but i saw so, so troll trolls my my brother this week josh a brother that stood out to you it's gotta be troll come on mm. gotta be troll and uh india it's not a fair question. This was very troll heavy. Yeah. In general, yeah. <laughs> if I if this if I didn't have to pick troll, which I obviously do because this was like a lot, I would have picked Tehole because I really vibed and jived with his parts. Oh yeah. He's having mm-hmm. a good time yeah. too. Yeah. But um, it is troll. It is troll. Do you know whose week it certainly wasn't? Roulette. It's roulette. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> Yeah, it was not a... It was was not. not. It was not. Poor guy. (laughs) But listen, everybody, let us know what you think of the show. We're 10 Very Big Books on Gmail and Twitter. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you. And uh, next week on the show, we're reading chapters 9, 10, and 11, taking us up to book three. Um, Having a blast reading the book, and I look forward to uh, continuing the conversation, guys. Neat. See ya. Bye, Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Hello, everybody. Producer AJ here. Getting the heat in my house fixed tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Like Pete says, you can always let us know your thoughts uh, about this and any of our other episodes on Twitter at 10VeryBigBooks or via email 10VeryBigBooks at gmail.com. If you'd like to join the conversation on Discord, you can head on over to bit.ly slash Discord and join everyone there. That's capital V, capital B, capital B, capital D, Discord. That link will also be in the show notes. A quick reminder, we will be recording the first episode of the Novels of the Malazan Empire series this Sunday at uh, time of recording. So you have a day or two to get your questions into us on Twitter or on the Night of Knives uh, mailbag channel on our Discord. So if you have any questions or comments about Night of Knives by Ian Cameron Esselmont, uh, head on over to Discord or our Twitter today or tomorrow uh, because we are recording that episode very soon. Moving on, uh, there's some s- exciting news Uh, regarding the growth of the show. We are now officially an LLC with a business bank account. Uh, That's a wild sentence. Uh, And this is such a huge move, and it is thanks all uh, to our wildly generous patrons and their contributions. Because of your pledges, we are finally able to pay our contributors, uh, including Dan for his art and Jake for his music, uh, me for editing, uh, everybody else for for buying books and microphones and all this stuff. We're finally able to pay everybody who works on the show, which is... uh, just such a a wild thing it's a really really amazing feeling so thank you all so so much uh, for your generous donations if you'd like to check out our patreon you can head on over to the link in our show notes or go to patreon.com slash 10 very big books and as always thank you so very much to dan gesrick for making our spectacular logo you can follow him on twitter at dan gesrick for apple music regrets and of course the wonderful music in today's episode is by the one and only amaranthan from their album simulant rain which you can find along with their other music on bandcamp.com those links will be in the show notes And 10 Very Big Books will be back in two weeks on December 18th with chapters 9, 10, and 11 of Midnight Tides. I'll talk to you then, and thank you so much for listening. Bug goes and helps with the embalming of a Neric woman. There, he encounters a massive teen named Un. <laughs> he can't say it. I can't say massive teen. Why does it say the word massive? I don't think he's a teen. I think he's just a fucking man. That, that's he's their cousin. He's a nephew, cousin. I thought.
He's their cousin. He's like a cool teen. <laughs> He's just their cousin. People can have cousins that are older, like adults. I'm just going to say... <laughs> a massive person. Where he meets a massive Narek named Uma. Yeah, where he massive done. teen. He's a massive teenager. Fucking yo. It's just the word massive. You don't even fucking get it. He's a massive it. child. <laughs> Encounters it sounds, it sounds the, terrible. The, the, <laughs> the, the, lar the large, I'm just going to say where he meets Un. Uh, a massive Narek. Yeah, meets Un, comma, a, a massive teen. Who is massive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, Ant. <laughs> 